Okay, I'll my financial mantra is I'll have the last laugh. <laughs> You'll all see is the sequel. I think I love you. I think I love, I think I do. Hey, honey, can you not do that ever again? Thanks. I think I love you. I think at least I think I do. No, I, I love you. No, I ne- have never once done that. I think I love you. I think I love you. Sorry. How are you? Uh, I just told you I'm having a tough time waking up. Nice. It's Monday morning, August 31st. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thrilling. Absolutely thrilling because... <laughs> we closed this week. September 2nd, baby. Lucky, yeah. Yep. Um, Pretty exciting. Also, let it be known, uh, I don't know what this is, week 46, 7, yeah. something like that. Um, that as soon as you and I were like, okay, let's go back to recording, just immediately missed a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Anyway, you want to do highs and lows? Yeah. You go first. Okay. Um, what happened this week? My past high- two, Past two weeks. My high for the last, for the indefinite recent future was- Oh, future highs. Oh, whoa. That's awesome. No, I, I have two highs, okay? okay? My first high is I signed up for this finance course, and uh-huh. I'm really excited about it, and I'll talk more about that. My second high is that we, and by we I mean Riley, are in the electrical part of the Airstream. And so yeah. we haven't talked about this because we haven't been recording, but like this has been a long summer of doing a lot of unsexy work for the Airstream, like figuring out where to put the water tank and figuring out how to leak for water... <laughs> oh my god, how to seal for water leaks. You've had a couple of like, I have. stroke moments. I think you need to take me to a doctor. Um, I also have lumps on my butt and I think that I'm not even like making a joke. I think it could be cancer. I told you those are your butt cheeks. Nice. Uh, that's great. Um <laughs> Anyways, we've been doing a lot of work, and I think we've both kind of been hoping that we've been moving along, and then this last week, I've kind of looked around and thought, holy shit, I can't believe we're here. Like, And, and all of this is credit to you. Like, I can't believe that we are very close to putting the walls up, which is a huge milestone with an Airstream, because it means we can now start doing like the aesthetics. We can do cabinetry, and we can plan out our floor plan, and we can do all this stuff, and it's just really, really exciting to see that type of progress yeah um my low for the week was that i edited our week 43 conversation basically two full fucking times yeah and editing is a big point of defensiveness for me because you and i have gotten in an argument about it and it goes back to like the continuous arguments we have you know like we i think we've talked about how the theory that you basically keep having the same arguments in a relationship until you solve them it goes back to like the detail orientation type versus messy versus like trusting me to be organized And I just worked so hard editing it, maybe a cumulative eight hours, and it just didn't fucking work out, and I had to go up to you with my tail between my legs and just say, I need you to edit this week, and that sucked. Which also, you could, you definitely could have finished it, right? Like, you had enough time, you have the know-how to do it, but editing is, especially for this thing, is exhausting it's exhausting it's exhausting and i was was proud of listening to our like most intimate conversations yeah and going through it again so that was just i mean it wasn't that much of a low because by the time i got to the end i just kind of thought i have to admit defeat but it was a moment where i just thought fuck and i think that low really translates to throughout our relationship i have been so inspired watching how you learn new things Like, you very much gain new skills. Like, with electrical. You didn't know electrical. You were totally confounded by it. And 
you learned about it and read a lot about it and basically mastered it like mastered the fundamentals every electrician is like oh my god <laughs> someone call his fan someone call him oh my god but but it's it's this it's a talent that i really want to learn it's something that you've talked about a lot is the idea of like not setting yourself up for failure by saying that you're bad at a thing or yeah. saying that this is who you are and recognizing that a lot of those thought patterns are just thought patterns and you can change them and so it's something that I've been trying to do a lot is being like okay why can't I edit the podcast why can't I do this stuff oh, why I can't admire I be you for the it. yeah in a big way but that was a moment of like looks like I can't <laughs> so I'm gonna try to I, I want to be doing the lion's share of yeah. the editing for this yeah. and I think it's I have to do it because we have so much shit going on and you are doing the lion's share of almost everything else like i have to be carrying my weight so that was kind of a moment of fuck well i think you can do it it's just there are mistakes that you can make while editing that are truly catastrophic right that are mission critical uh, that all, all of a sudden you get to the end and you yeah. realize that you tweaked every single clip for the last however long right you know sucked oh it's gonna suck when uh your sister leaves and comes down here and just sees us pretending like we're celebrities <laughs> It just sucks every time someone sees us doing this. And I'm like, it's a creative project. We don't actually think that we're influencers. God. Uh, oh, oh, that brings me to my financial mantra, which applies uh, here. Yeah. So my financial... Wait, should we talk about this when we actually go deep yeah, on yeah, the yeah, thing? Yeah. Okay, I'll do my hazelnuts real quick. It's so good, your financial mantra. And it's, and it's so revealing. There's so much contained in it. Um, yeah, no, my high... I, I don't think we've spoken as a part of the project since we got electrical on. That might be one of like the highs of my life. Yeah, just seeing the light bulb go on in your face. It's yeah. so cool. I basically like we had to do a test of the electrical system in the airstream before we put the walls up in the airstream. And so I consulted with an electrician, I read a couple books, like I did all this stuff. And number one was safety too. Like you kept pressing me on that mm -hmm. and so part of my consultations with electricians were help me figure out how to make this plan work but also like point out the places where i could kill myself mm -hmm. there's people who i talked to like nate yarborough at explorist i will shout that guy out until i die mm -hmm. he was awesome basically we're just like okay when you're testing this battery system like you have all these 12 volt batteries hooked up it looks super complicated you probably can't kill yourself with a battery system so like go nuts go do it just don't connect the plus and minus together, the mm -hmm. positive and negative together, or else, like, and everyone knows that from charging a car, mm -hmm. jumping a car. And so I hooked up all these crazy components, and I felt like a mad scientist. And then we went to go test it, and I turned it on, and the light didn't go. We were just testing one light bulb mm -hmm. to see if it would work, and it didn't go on. And I just sat back and was like, I guess I do have limits. I guess I can't. Have Turns out he doesn't. Yeah, Another no, white man no, learning his power. Manifest destiny. <laughs> uh, and then we just like changed a couple of things. And when that light bulb turned on, I was like, this is amazing. Another thing that's really cool about the electrical, beside all the obvious things about you learning new skills, is that throughout this process, whenever we talked about the electrical, everyone, including me, said the same thing, which is you're going to kill yourself. It's too dangerous. It's not worth it. Outsource it. And what you did was learn all about it so that now 
we have more information and less fear. So it's like now you do understand what is genuinely worth being really careful about. And there are and, definitely still parts of right. electrical that scare me. But 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 instead of having a blanket fear, I mean, you could use this. This is a metaphor for so many things. It's like blanket fear of cultures, blanket fear of locations, blanket fear yeah. of yeah, a, a task point. or a hobby. It's like you actually took the time to read about it and to educate yourself. And now we are better for you having done that. So now next time when we're pulled over on the side of the road. safer too. Safer, yeah. yeah. So what, when we're pulled over on the side of the road, we can't figure out what's going on. You will be able to say at the very least, this is something that we can probably look into or. It's the carburetor. Right. Or this is really, this is really sketchy. We should call someone. And so it's, it's really nice because my fear was a blanket fear. It was like, I was just afraid of anything going wrong. I didn't have the information to even begin to, to vocalize what parts of it I didn't find safe. Yeah. So I deemed the whole thing unsafe. And instead you, you, you talked me through things. We're like, okay, there is no risk of this happening if X is happening. Or if we do this, there is no risk. The risk is when we do X, Y, Z. And so that was another great learning is that like information is power. And instead of just outsourcing this information to not only get the job done, but to ensure that we never understand it ourselves, mm -hmm. you understood it. So next time, if we have a house issue, maybe we won't be able to fix it, but you might be able to have the language to, to better understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. So that was really cool too. I think the part of the key there is expert interviews, mm, you know, like yeah. I, I read a bunch of stuff. I bought a bunch of books. I wasted a bunch of money. And I right. Wasted a bunch Riley of money, was reading this before we went to bed every single night. And then like past the time that yeah. we were supposed to go to bed. <laughs> I like have a flashlight under the, the curtains. Uh, you basically did. No, but I bought a bunch of books, read a bunch of stuff, still didn't feel confident, talked to a couple of electricians. Right. And then all of a sudden they were like, this is the thing that's like, so I don't know. I, I don't know if expert interviews apply to every field, you know, like, cause I think it's hard to determine who's an expert, right? It's hard to determine who's an expert. Like for example, with this project, I think mm. about expert interviews and the idea of going to talk to happy couples mm. and ask them for lessons on how to stay in love. That's an interesting extension of this project Yeah, that would help us. Yeah. You know, it's different though, because with electricians, I can find someone who is a credentialed electrician who has done a number of projects, who right. has a large following online. Right. You walk up to people on the street and you're like, are you guys in love? And they're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what does it take to stay in love? They're yeah. like, get the fuck out of here. Well, hopefully we would do it with more nuance than that. No, but yeah. I, I know. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I think the idea of talking to experts is fascinating. And for every field, there are there's a different process and different criteria for how you determine an expert, right. what the proper questions are to ask them, right. et cetera. But it right. really worked out with electricity. Right. Yeah. So probably like one of the highlights of my life. I felt like kid at a science fair. And now to your point, that opens up the entirety of the rest of the project. That was a massive wall standing between us and actually creating this thing. And I right. think we are going to do, and actually my, my real high, sorry, I always have two highs was, um, the floor plan of it and mm. me coming down one morning oh, and going, yeah. and just going, I don't think this floor plan is going to work because we had kind of just cribbed We've been stalking other Airstream Instagram accounts, and there are some famous ones, and you end up, even if you don't intend to do it, you end up just taking their ideas bef as, like, the first shot, yeah. you know? And I just realized we've spent so much time customizing the unsexy parts of this. Right. I was like, we should spend some time customizing, customizing the sexy part of this. Right. And the floor plan that we ended up with is it's like so cool. It's so cool, and it's this perfect mashup of your brain and my brain. And the more that we kind of just wallow in the muck on this airstream project, 
Like, I think the fact that it, that it is so hard makes it better in the end because right. then we have to just, by a, by a function of how much time we spend doing unsexy stuff, we end up turning over all the rest of the stuff in our brains over and over and over again. And so now the floor plan that we have is truly like a 50-50 mashup of our interests and brains. Right. Which makes me so happy, you know? Like, the right. more that this Airstream represents both of our inputs and all the rest of that stuff and anything else in our life represents both of our inputs, the better it feels. Right. So that made me really happy. What was my low of the last two months? How about your caffeine journey? That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Because it's been a journey for the both of us. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've got a super addictive personality or whatever you want to call it. I've got addictive traits. And, um, yeah, I just went deep on the coffee side of things. And I think it was because there are certain parts of my life that like during COVID are maybe stagnating a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so waking up and just fucking pounding like 50 cc's (laughs) of pure caffeine directly into my eyeballs was a great way to just feel like I was doing stuff. And so I was like getting super caffeinated and my dad has warned me about this too. Like my dad has had a journey with caffeine uh, and he now doesn't drink caffeine at all. (laughs) Not to say that my dad's body's a temple. I'm going to cut this out. (laughs) (laughs) Dad, I love you. (laughs) There's no way your dad is listening to this. (laughs) No, no, no. He's explicitly told me that he uh, would prefer in quotes, not to go that deep into my brain. So, I I admire that honesty between parent and child. Oh, totally. He's like, I've seen the dark sides of what can come out of you. Yeah. He asked me, he was like, do you need me to listen to any of this? And I was like, no. And he was like, I'm not gonna. Yeah. And I was like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's totally fine. Um, anyway, yeah. So I, uh, on Sunday, last Sunday, just cold turkey, stopped drinking coffee mm-hmm. after going from one cup a day to like two cups a day to three cups a day. Then all of a sudden, like cold brew enemas. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and I, yeah, and so I basically just like yeah. There was okay. I just have to say one quick story. Our friend has an amazing coffee shop, Scuttlebutt Coffee. Go yeah. go there if you in New Bedford. Scuttlebutt. So, anyways, I came in. We were like, "Thank you so much, Riley." And I each had half a cup. I come into the living room where Riley oh, does work during off? the day. Yeah. yeah, and I see another empty cold brew bottle. And a Riley just bottle. turns to look at me, and his jaw is so <laughs> fucking tight, and he just looks like he is a spinning top that's about to spin off the board game. Yeah. It was, and that was the moment too where I realized this is why you've been so tense lately. Because I think we talked about it last week that like. You, you have been, like, really tense in the last few weeks well, in ways that I didn't, I wasn't used to. Totally. Uh, I think you talked about it in, like, week 43 or whatever, but that day when I randomly apologized to you in the Airstream mm-hmm. was just because I had been being so caffeinated and had a moment of slight clarity and right. was like, God, I gotta apologize for being a jerk all the time. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy for you, and... This has also been, it's been a good reminder for me. I'm never going to cut coffee out of my life, but it's been a good reminder for me that little, little things affect your marriage. I have to be aware of my own caffeine and I take, um, I take coffee totally for granted and I have not gone a day without coffee or alcohol probably since I was, since I was like 18. I don't know if I've ever gone a full day without either of those things. You've definitely gone days without alcohol. Right, but both. Upper downer. Like, have, have I gone a full day without coffee 
or alcohol not both but like there have been very few days where I've gone without one of them but both of them I don't think I've gone a full day I haven't had a day where I haven't had coffee or alcohol you know what I mean where I've just woken up had my day and gone to sleep yeah and I don't know if I care about that like I, I genuinely don't know if that's one of the things that I want to figure out in the next few years because I like having a cup of coffee in the morning. Yeah. I like having a glass of wine in the evening. But it is something I think about all the time that I'm like, wow, I have an upper and a downer every single day. There's a piece of me that's really interested in it. Obviously, I mean, I've talked to you about cleanses and that kind of stuff. Not because I care about being able to say that I went a month without mm-hmm. either of those things, but more so because even just going full stop cold turkey for a week which sucked by the way i had crazy headaches in the mornings um but even just like stopping drinking coffee for a little bit reminds me that my body's system is just my body's system and when i'm drinking coffee i'm introducing an ex like an external variable into that system there is a certain point though where you drink enough coffee and all of a sudden coffee is like your bionic arm extension of your system right and removing that is cutting off your arm and that's why you have fucking migraines in the morning but you know what i mean i and i and i guess i'm curious in an extended period of complete like zen sobriety from coffee or or anything just because i think you need that amount of time to actually then reestablish what your baseline is for your mm-hmm. body's system what are you going to say <laughs> nothing just me talking about any kind of zen no i have nothing to say please share no no (laughs) you don't get free reign access to my mind so anyway yeah i don't know i'm interested in an extended period of like not introducing that external stuff just to figure out what my baseline is totally i completely agree i'm just not doing that soon yeah (laughs) honestly and honestly that is kind of the problem like i could do weird drastic health stuff when it was just me but now that it's you and i i can't i don't really have the agency to just say i'm gonna go whole 30 tiger blood baby and then have you be like okay well i would like to have noodles for dinner yeah yeah i mean i think i am trying i don't know i very much want because i can get pulled into a lot of shit i am like very susceptible to like conspiracy theories and radical beliefs and i i just don't i don't want to get involved in that yet in that world of like so here's an example i have started very on a very natural um organic way to be really freaked out by meat again and i've gone through phases of veganism this has been the first time in a few years where i've started to really get freaked out by the idea of like i have no idea where the meat i eat is coming from it's probably coming not that i don't want to eat any meat but it's insane to me that we are we as a society and especially in the u.s aren't more freaked out by the way that we manufacture meat and how many chemicals are in it and like how those animals lived and how just disgusting and cruel the whole process is even if you don't care about like animals feeling pain you should care about animals being packed in a dirty disgusting room and having like chemicals move through their bodies and then you're ingesting all of that it's like eating a new york city street pigeon no exactly and so that has been something that very naturally since we've come home we've started to eat more meat and i've started to really be like like when I, we had a ribeye the other day and I just couldn't really finish it just because I was just like, well, you couldn't finish it because I burned one side of it, flipped it over. Then you were like, take it off the grill, take it off the grill. And it was like bleeding on the other no, side. No, I know. But before I would have finished it. And so I'm just starting to have a different relationship with meat. And that's something that I want to explore of. OK, so that means that I want to start being really, really conscious about where I'm buying our, our meat and eggs. And if it's more expensive, 
that's fine. And we're going to eat meat less. We do not have to have chicken every single day. We can pay for more expensive chicken and eat it less often. Totally agree. So, so anyways, that's kind of what I'm saying in terms of like coffee and alcohol. That doesn't interest me right now, especially with the pandemic. I am totally fine having a glass of wine every night. Whatever and gets like, you through. Yes. And seriously, like I like it. It's my ritual. Yeah. So for now... I'm not stopping. And this just, I realized, was a very defensive rant for a while. <laughs> I'm not getting rid of coffee or alcohol. It was okay until you ended it with, and that is why I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping, and you can't stop me. I just, I don't know. There is a there is a piece of me that says, if not now, then when? You oh, know? yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Well, when I'm pregnant, honestly. Yeah. Lauren, my sister, that I mean, that was what happened to her. She stopped drinking coffee, and she didn't drink any alcohol, and she was like, it's great. I love it. But now she drinks coffee and alcohol. The only guy who has a baby just to find out what happens to his body after a month of not drinking coffee. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the finance thing? Yeah, yeah. I know you do. Okay. So I am very skeptical of any scheme. Caroline's like, have you ever seen a pyramid? So (laughs) No, I it's like a bunch of pyramids. I can't stand that shit. I, especially through Instagram, like I just, I feel like more and more often you throw a proverbial stick and you hit five people trying to explain something to you about how they want to sell you something and how it's for your mindfulness or for your meditation or for a better sex life or all of these things. And I hate it. We're like, listen to our podcast, follow our various <laughs> Instagram accounts, but fuck people who want Whatever, to sell you something. Whatever, it's free. This is free. For now. For now. Anyways, long story short, I signed up for a financial course and it was a big decision because it's a thousand dollars which i think is a massive obstacle to entry um but i have a few friends who have taken it um it's called factora and i'm really excited for it and it starts in september and it is 12 weeks long and i don't know it was just a big decision because first of all it felt weird for me to ask you like i was going to buy it myself Just be like, oh, I have the money. This is great. I'm going to make this decision because I really don't understand the ins and outs of finances on a very fundamental level. And what I find really scary about how you and I have started having money is that our, our savings have increased, but our knowledge about finances have not increased. So we have we have had credit card debt for most of our relationship. We paid it off. We moved home. At the, about at the same time and we started saving money because we didn't have to pay for rent and we weren't living in LA we that didn't that, that was environmental we that basically wasn't, found a bag of cash on the street yeah like through our privilege we were able to start saving money a lot of money like we've saved a ton of money for me like we have like probably over twenty thousand dollars right now saved definitely, definitely more than which that. is awesome but yeah. is also through no virtue of our own intelligence and that really freaks me out and so I've, I've had some friends take this course and they really liked it and obviously it off it it boasts a lot of um incentives like this the x percent of people increase their salary by 30 percent and increase their savings by x and usually when i see that shit again i think like yeah fucking right this is a scheme and a thousand dollars is a lot of money like that's a huge barrier to entry i think but i'm i've i've almost surprised myself by how excited i am to take the course because i want to have more control over my life and I don't feel any control over my life and I think that understanding finances will actually help me creatively Mm -hmm. like one of the the questions you ask you fill out a little form when you sign up for it and it's like what is a side hustle that you've always wanted to do and the thing that I've always wanted to try to figure out to do is how to monetize my stories online 
like I've I've been really interested by the idea of like sharing stuff through Instagram and sharing stuff online. I don't think a lot of people are doing it. And I was like, I would love to create a website where I am regularly posting content and I have a, like a one dollar per month subscription fee mm-hmm. and I start making money off of it. And the next question was, what's stopping you from doing it? And I kind of had a moment of like, oh, nothing's stopping me from doing that. Yeah. I mean, maybe like my my own fear of people not liking it, which isn't going to change ever. Mm-hmm. And my own fear of not being able to produce enough. And it was just kind of, it sounds silly because it's a really obvious question, but it was like a moment where I just thought, oh, that's a great moment for me to realize there's literally nothing stopping me from doing that right now. Like most people just start and then you learn along the way. And it's not like there's this huge barrier it's not like I'm trying to get a brick and mortar business and I have to take out a loan. So anyways. Well, there's also there's a way to get around the first one about people not liking it in the sense that you, there's two models to make money, right? One is a subscriber model where mm-hmm. someone pays to access your content and the other one is an ad supported one. And right. you, you could just make this a free thing. Right. And hopefully you get a bunch of traffic. Right. You know, and you're driving your your own ad revenue up. Right. So I just, yeah. I don't know, to remove, the, to remove the fear of the first one is like, you might not have to ask anything of anyone. Right. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. And so anyways, it's finances has been, I, I have a huge fear around it because of how little you and I, you and I aren't interested in it either. Like that's the thing too, is that I don't think either of us naturally are like, let's learn about stocks, which means that for example, all of our money right now is basically in checking. Mm. Like we, we just, well, that's not true. You have a 401k. We have savings that have been set up for us. We have not made, like, we have not started making decisions as a couple about where we're going to put our money. We haven't made decisions, but I just want to, not want to clarify from, like, any kind of, like, ego standpoint, but just, like, since we're having a real conversation about money, is that I have a 401k and I have a Fidelity. Both of those things are Mm -hmm. a hybrid mix of stocks, bonds, investments, et cetera. Do you check on your Fidelity? Every once in a while. Do you tweak it? Okay, well, you're better than I am, So I that's guess. separate from... Right. But, I mean, my tweaking is basically taking a big dial and going, like, more? Right. Less. Right. It's not me being, like, what are the ETFs trending? Right. In? Like, and another example I would give, just for something I'm excited about, is that a thing they talk about in Factora is passive income. Do you want to generate passive income? Which is income you don't have to think about. Like, you put in a small... You put in money... There is a barrier to entry. Like, are you going to try to do an Airbnb or something like that? It's what? A, it's a big stack of cash just going, like, just sitting at the table quietly drinking coffee. And you're like, what's what's up? And it's like, nothing. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's nice. All, that's all. So anyways, that's something I'm interested in is how can I figure out ways, like, for our house. I'm I'm really interested in trying to figure out how to make it a rental property to make passive income. So anyways, I'm just, I'm really excited for this course. And I'm excited to kind of track it with you and to see... What can happen? And the great thing that's already happened is that I've written down my goals for the year. And my goal for us is to have $100,000 in savings by the end of the year, which is really aggressive and we might not get there. Mm -hmm. But when we moved home, I said at the end of the summer, I want us to have $20,000 in savings with the Airstream. And I was right. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm being transparent about this because I think, I don't know, I really value my my handful of friends who are really honest about their money. And most of them have more money than I do. But it's like... It's especially with women, it's so hard to to know what people are doing mm-hmm. and people are so private about it. And that's how generational wealth happens is like people hoard their information and then they don't. I don't know. So anyways, that's my goal for us. And it might not happen, but I'm really excited to sort of feel like I'm gaining more control over a part of our marriage that um, 
we've kind of just let ebb and flow with with our environmental yeah. i don't know situation are um have relationships or partners come up in what you know about factora at all yeah well all i've done so far is fill out a questionnaire for and and a lot of that has we've has, also had friends take the course and right. talk to you about it right and you talk but to the my founders. friends are single yeah so i think it's you know i think it's very um it depends on your circumstances so i think i included it in my questionnaire of like these are my goals for me and my partner and i think it's going to come up because you and I, I don't get to make decisions on my own so um <laughs> that came out weird <laughs> so I, I have no idea i have no idea how it's going to impact things or if it's not um it's for women only i think it's it's like a, also a sort of support system you get a slack channel and you get to communicate with women after and all this stuff so i'll have more information for it as i go through it yeah but i'm just really looking forward to it mostly because i like we're talking about with um with the editing or like with with not having a comfort zone finances i have always been like i'm not a math person Mm -hmm. i'm not a finance person and Mm -hmm. that's fucking bullshit like i can understand the fundamentals of finance i don't have to become a trader but i can understand enough to be able to make smarter decisions so that we can be saving money so I think it's important for me to kind of put my money where my mouth is literally and be like, okay, I'm going to invest in this instead of buying a rowing shell, which I've wanted to do. I'm going to do this and I'm going to force myself at the very least. This will be me forcing myself to keep finances front of mind for 12 weeks, which I've literally never done before. So it's 12 weeks long. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. What's the cadence within those 12 weeks? You meet every week for two hours. Gotcha. With uh, just your accountability buddy or like a coach too? Buddy. Um, no, you do an hour long session with the founder and then you split off into groups after. And I think you meet up with your accountability partner at another point throughout the week. Gotcha. But I could be saying wrong information. So yeah, who knows? Well, not sponsored by Factora yeah. yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> uh, it could be an inch. I don't know if um, there's, if this is part of the program or if it's more structured, but if you bring in prompts, if mm-hmm. they say like, what do you want to do? Just a part of an interesting discussion could be like, how do you engage in a deep and, and uh, like meaningful conversation with a financial advisor? Because mm-hmm. so far for me, like I sat down with someone who I know, remember a few months ago, mm-hmm. um, expecting to, you know, be like peeling back my fidelity and being like this stock and this bond mm-hmm. and here's how you invest. And basically the advice I got was like, get a prenup. And I was like, what? That's it? And then I walked out of the room being like, I thought that was going to be much more hands-on. Right. And um, I don't know, as as you and I talk about finally actually merging our finance, finances mm-hmm. and then engaging a new financial advisor, right. I would love to know, you know how what the proper way to engage that person would be right. to in order to maximize right. our investments. Right. Um, so anyway, that's just me like feeding you my own personal desires for what you get out of the course. Mm-hmm. Question for you. Go. Opening up um, the opening up your comments to comments about how couples talk about racial racial justice and then getting ghosted. How does that make you feel? And this doesn't have to be a part of the episode, but... Oh, okay. So, well, the context is that I post an Instagram. I post an Instagram about our um, podcast saying, like, if anyone has advice about um, how couples can hold each other accountable, blah, 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 please comment. And the reason, by the way, that I ask this is less about how do you feel as a podcast host and influencer mm-hmm. and more so that's another form of one person who is in a relationship broadly reaching out to other people who are in relationships mm-hmm. for conversation 
and not getting any conversation. Right. So that's why I'm asking. Yeah. Um, there's always a part of me that's super fucking insecure about what I do on social media and how it frequently doesn't garner support. Like when I posted about um, Jacob Blake, I lost like six followers on Instagram. I lost 14 or 15 yeah. when I posted And I wish it. that didn't matter to me, but it does. And I wish that I didn't care at all about what people think, but I do. But I have gotten a much thicker skin over the last few years of like sharing stories and doing all this stuff. And at this point, I have a pretty good reflex mechanism of being like, I don't give a shit. It's really important to me that I'm posting the type of shit that I care about. Mm -hmm. And something that's, I think, really applicable to this is that my friend, Suleika, had an interview with her partner, John Batiste. And it was for a thing they do called the Isolation Journals. And they had a, like a Q&A about um, their relationship and about creativity. And one of the questions that um, someone asked John, who's a very successful performer, is how do you get the fears out of your head that something is good enough? Like good enough to share with others. And he had an incredible response. And it was paraphrase it was basically there is no good enough like that is a thing that people say to one another that doesn't exist with creation when you create something it is created and you put it out into the world and it what matters is if one person connects with it like the notion of good enough is a thing that people put around that it like has to do with what's monetized or what is commercial and it has it has so much more to do with capitalism and so much less to do with whether something is actually good and so your relationship with your work should be creating something and then putting it out into the world and like good enough doesn't really apply and the more you create the better your creations become and so my thing is like I don't really care. I, I do care, but the type of person I want to be overrides the amount that I care about what other people think. And the type of person I want to be is the person who's sharing that shit. And I think it's also been really cool. Like there are one or two reviews on our podcast. I don't know who wrote them. Mm -hmm. And they've like, there was one review being like, please come back. I really loved your conversations. That's really fucking cool. Mm -hmm. And you really never know who is being affected by your work, which is why it's so important to put it out into the world. And I think that that's why I've started to think about like, okay, well, maybe I don't care about traditional publishing. Maybe I just want to create a system where I'm putting my work out into the world and I'm cutting out the middleman and like, I am just sharing my work because at the end of the day, waiting for other people to deem my work good enough is a really arbitrary thing. It's really arbitrary. Like if I were to pander to what the Instagram algorithm is to get me the most comments, I would become a completely different person. Yeah. And I would be doing like portrait mode. It would be all about me trying to look as hot as possible. And it just doesn't fucking matter at the end of the day. So that's kind of how I feel about it. It's like, oh, no comments. All right. Like I get way less likes than I used to because I'm mm -hmm. posting about shit that I care about. Luckily, I have the Instagram portion where I don't see my likes. Mm -hmm. But I know I used to get way more when I just posted pictures of like me looking hot. Yeah. And I just I don't know. Like I I really care about it. But the part of me that doesn't want to care about it is bigger now. And so it's like a constant thing of like, yes, insecurity. Yes, that sucks. Damn, I wish more people validated me. But also like the 51% of who I am now is like, doesn't fucking matter. You are you are creating shit and you are closer to the per type of person you would want to be. Mm -hmm. So who cares? You know, like it's yeah. just, I don't care. If that's one less post of someone looking at a brunch photo, that's fine with me. Yeah. And I think that that's where I've gotten to where it's like a 5149. Like a little bit more of me is like, I don't want to give a shit. And so that's kind of how I feel. But yeah, I mean, there are certainly points where I'm like, damn, I wish I was more popular. Wish I had thousands of followers, but I don't.
So yeah. like, what am I going to do? Wait until I have thousands of followers to yeah. start saying what I think? No. A, I don't ask this question to say, <clears throat> to say, let's hold up a mirror to mm-hmm. your loser kingdom. I also so yeah. Uh, but the but my second point is I I think the way that like for example having a a button to view insights on a post and seeing that you know half a dozen people sent it to someone else mm-hmm. another half a dozen people saved it with that little ribbon thing mm. those metrics are huge you know mm-hmm. like and and saying metrics is a weird way to put it but like the, the that indication of uh, your effect upon someone is huge mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people are more worried about the invisible metrics of not did this positively affect and I actually I don't even know if those are positive things that could have been someone sending it to someone else and going look at this what fucking a idiot bag. what a douchebag he cares about racial justice what a d-bag but a couple of positive effects I think people are more worried about and I this is definitely still there's a piece of this in me is being worried about the invisible metrics of like the hundreds of other people who saw it and went mm-hmm. I hate that person mm-hmm. and I don't know I just there's a piece of me that thinks and maybe this is careless and I, and I don't want to take this to too far of an extreme because there definitely is too far of an extreme of this but thinking about that and thinking a I can tell myself that I don't care B I'm never gonna find a way to quantify that I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna actually find out how many people right. looked at something and went, "Hate right. that person." Right. There's no positive and negative sentiment report on my Instagram posts right. or anyone's. Right. Thank um, God. Seriously though, and so it's just like I don't know. I don't remember who said this, but I ha- I've had this conversation a lot about writing where when you're in the middle of something, you create all of these ideas in your head about all the options you have. But like, what am I going to do? Oh, there are a thousand different things that could happen right now. Really, there are only ever two things. One is that you stop and one is that you keep going. Like at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, you have, do you want to stop? No. Okay. Then we're going to have to live with everything else. And like there are, there are, then you start to have roots of like, how am I going to deal with all of this? How am I going to write and also deal with this? How am I going to move through this writer's block? But really at the end of the day, there's a binary. It's like, you cannot do it or you can keep doing it. And you're going to keep having issues if you keep doing it. But I, 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 I use that in my head all the time where I'm like, okay, do I feel like I want to stop? No, I'm not ready to stop. Like, I'm not ready to give up on this. So, okay, then that means, like, we're going to have to figure out another way out. And I feel that way with this, too, where it's like, okay, my ult- my options are, do I not want to do this or do I want to keep doing it? The alternative of not doing this is, like, spending our entire lives literally feeding into a system that panders to, like, a collective unknown, like us all feeding into something and not even necessarily no one even like buying into it or the alternative is you mean social media yeah like like sharing our shit on social media and like doing projects like this and like the alternative of like okay well we could stop or we could start finding like different ways to do it so that's another thing like all right i'm like okay maybe next time i'll post a photo of my face and this i don't know like i maybe this means i'm going to start thinking about different strategies but i'm not going to stop so i think that's kind of like where i am I think within the bucket of, do you want to continue? There's a number of different things that are interesting to me. One is the tinkering side of it mm-hmm. that I think you're maybe talking about of saying, next time I'll try this, I'll try that. I'll try mm-hmm. different ways to break through in a similar fashion mm-hmm. to like what I've been doing. Then there's the next step forward, which I'm really interested in, which is like radical change of how you use a platform. Mm-hmm. In the sense that, and not that I've done anything radical or like amazing, but since 
racial justice became more of a centered thing. I haven't posted anything about myself. And I kind of decided a little while ago, like, what value do I really gain from my personal use of Mm -hmm. my Instagram Mm -hmm. profile? Not much. And I can replace the connection that I maybe lose by not using my feed, which is one part of one social media platform that I use. Right. I can replace that by just reaching out to my family through our group text chat rather than posting photos of my wife and my life and all that stuff on yeah. my feed and so but I but I think there's also there was a thing in the back of my mind that was like well you've invested your time in building this feed you have an aesthetic mm-hmm. you have you've set expectations with your followership <laughs> <laughs> and um, I don't know I, I think there's a there's a piece of that like mental muscle or whatever you want to call it that you can extrapolate out to other projects like if I'm writing um, a brief like if I'm writing something for work Oftentimes, the best things that come out of a work process for me are fully taking something to completion, fully trashing that completed thing, Mm -hmm. and then starting again just with the ghost of the completed thing in my brain Mm -hmm. and writing in a completely different way. Mm -hmm. Up until a couple of years ago, maybe even more recently, there was a feeling of don't overcomplicate this process. You have to be efficient with your time move forward move through draft one two three and then get it out the door and i think that freedom of being able to trash something to Mm -hmm. like throw it out and go in a totally different direction but still take some of the learnings or the ghost of the first draft of it is something that i feel i have like experienced with kind of just not really giving a shit about my social media profile anymore but that also has manifested in different ways in different projects in my life you know i like it a lot proposal i think we consider making an instagram account for the podcast and here's what i'm gonna say for why because i've been really against it up until now so i started two additional instagram accounts this summer one is for our airstream account and one is for the anti-racist book club that i think we talked about i don't even know if that was a conversation we ended up recording i don't think so i don't know look it up if you want and one of those accounts has over five thousand followers one of them has 92 both of them i have so much more fun with than my own account Mm. And both of them have less stress for me than posting on my own account. And I've been kind of thinking about it like sort of casually as it's been happening. Like, wow, it's really funny that I have more excitement thinking about these two accounts and less and less stress, even though one of them, there's a lot of stakes to make sure that I'm really being careful about how I post and what I post about. And there are things that I want to do better and all of these things. But with both of them, I've had more people reach out to me in the inbox and be like, this is really awesome. I love what you're doing here. Thank you for this account. With the book club, I have made maybe five people a month, five to 10 people a month message me just to say, I love this. I loved your book recommendation. This is awesome. And that's with me thinking like there are so many more things I could do with that. And with the Airstream account, I have had a few people reach out and just be like, I love seeing this happen. This is so cool. And it has been such a clarifying thing for me of how social media is always about promotion. And it's so much easier to promote when you have a clear understanding of what you're doing and when it's not directly connected to your self-worth. Our Instagram accounts are promotion. They are self-promotion at, at their best and at their worst, which is why it's. I think we have a lot of weirdness that we've talked about with like, how do you, when we have kids, am I going to want to promote my kids and then have my connection to how many likes we get be connected to my kids? That's a no from me, dog. Right. So I think I've been so against the podcast because I've been like, 
a podcast account because I've just thought it's so much extra work. I would like to just keep it in our accounts. That way our account has things. But like, you know what? Maybe I don't want that. And maybe it'll be much easier for me to manage and for me to write about and share stuff about if I actually create a podcast account and say like, all right, cool. We only have 50 followers. No fucking worries. These are 50 followers who are following a podcast. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting too, just thinking about how to build out an Instagram account for the podcast. We actually have uh, 40-something weeks of learnings so far, you know, mm-hmm. that actually pre-populates a feed right. with a lot of content right. of stuff that would be valuable, you know? Yeah, and not thinking about, like, how to monetize this, but thinking it, you and I have both had challenges of how do we share this stuff, and I think we've both had moments of being uncomfortable or being insecure or feeling like we're shouting into the void and no one's talking back. Yeah. And the irony of that is that we've, at the same exact time, gotten a lot of positive feedback and that's the the shitty part about something like instagram is that you can have five people reach out and be like i binge this in one day i love this this is awesome yeah but when you post something and all of a sudden you only get 15 likes and no one comments you're like this is shit let's stop <laughs> and it's like well maybe the solution is that we created brands that are no longer applicable for who we want to be yeah and maybe if we use our personal feeds more sparingly and don't worry about it and just go, yeah, actually, we're going to separate this and put it on another account. Yeah. Maybe that'll actually create, maybe that'll take away the stress that I was worried it would create. And I think that I've come full circle on it. I have two things to say. One is what you're making me think, um, you, you've articulated what my first point is when you talk about self-worth and having it be tied to your self-worth. Mm-hmm. The thing about the Fargo, the Airstream Instagram, and the thing about Antiracist Book Club is that those are industry buzzword here, but like single-use social, mm. which is, I know exactly what I'm going to get when I right. go here. Like right. a TikTok account dedicated to Zion Williams and Dunks. <laughs> Boom. That's it. Right. When I go there, I know exactly what I'm going to get. Whereas if I see Carol Claire Burke pop up on Instagram and I'm like, is this a marriage thing? Is this a work-related thing? Is, is this, this her a brunch? Nude? Is it a nude? Is it a nude of her cats? <laughs> At some point, we're going to have to tell the story of the time where we found out that Pancake stop, has- Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> a human vagina. A human vagina. Okay. Not today. <laughs> oh, I also didn't say my financial mantra. Oh, say your financial mantra. Okay, I'll my financial my mantra is, I'll have the last laugh. <laughs> It's such a self-contained joke. Right. And... You'll all see is the sequel to my financial mantra. It's funny because it is steeped in privilege. It really is. But it's also Yes just, and no. It's also steeped in like, is she going to start a circus? I don't know. Like, you're implying some seriously out there financial decisions and a real um, manic self-confidence. But I guess my point is the tension between the inherent privilege in it and the complete dumbassery. Like, the just, like, apparent lack of financial Mm know-how is fantastic. I'll have the last laugh. Yeah. That's great. Okay, go back. I think you said that in passing in the kitchen. Oh, I said it organically when someone was asking me about my finances, about my poor financial decisions. And then I was like, oh, that's a thousand percent how I want to live my life. It's great. And an an optimistic interpretation of that (laughs) is she believes in herself. All the things that she's working on now, she thinks are going to pay off. She believes in herself against all evidence to the contrary. Yeah. But then there's there's plenty of pessimistic reads on that. Mm -hmm. It's great. Yep. Anyways. So single use social. And then people have opted into that single use. You know what I mean? Like someone follows Fargo the Airstream because they want Airstream content. Right. So there's just something about it 
there's not something about it. That is the thing about it that right. just makes it easy. There is no fear of, am I forcing this upon people who are continuing to follow me because they like me, but they hate this stuff I'm posting? Mm-hmm. No, they've followed this Instagram account that is separate from me because they are curious about Airstream stuff. So yeah, I am, I'm in full support of that. I think we should maybe consider Twitter for the podcast too. Oh, Twitter is so negative. Yeah. I, I don't want to do Twitter. Okay. Honestly, like I think Twitter is such a cesspool. People are people log on to Twitter just for like a a really mean hot take. Uh-huh. Like I've thought about that as like if I ever publish a book, I'm going to absolutely delete my Twitter account because I just think it's like I do I do have an optimistic view of Instagram against all odds. Like I think that good things happen on Instagram. I do not think good things happen on Twitter. I think I love you TikTok. 5 second softcore <laughs> snapshots of us set to the latest music. Oh my god. Well, there was something else about social, mm-hmm. about use certain One use social? Single use social? I don't know, maybe that was it. So yeah, I don't know. We'll have to figure out a way to do it, but I think that that I think that will alleviate our stress. I also don't really feel that much stress because I'm not, I don't know. I think. Yeah, but you also haven't really promoted the podcast. Yeah, You've yeah. done it a few times. No, I guess that's my point. It's like I haven't really been promoting it, so right. I'm not really that stressed about it. But I, I, I also think I do want to start promoting it because it, there's, uh, that's another thing. There is so much self-hatred, especially for women around promotion, because usually it's tied up with promotion of ourselves. Well, I don't want to feel weird about promoting the podcast. Not only is it I want up- to have a place where we can feel comfortable being like, we talked about this this week if anyone's interested yeah it's tied up in self-promotion it's also tied up in the truly negative sides of social media promotion of like people who sell makeup or whatever you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. so i think there's like there's multiple levels of bullshittery what are you trying to sell me right right so if you make a if you make a bespoke community for it it's opt-in right so i like that a lot wow fun Mm -hmm. well i have to pee again but i think it'll go away <laughs> okay. High stakes. <laughs> what else? What else is that we move in on Wednesday, which is going to be awesome. So next I'm week. I'm going to shit my pants of excitement. Uh huh. So next week's recording is going to be us just weeping on the first floor of our. Just gobbling place. like turkeys inside of our new house. Yeah, yeah. What's your lesson for the week? Hmm. My lesson for the week is that this is totally selfish, but at least for us. And I've said this since the very beginning, since before we were married, you and I are at our best when we are in the middle of the Venn diagram of dreaming and planning something. Mm. And there are certain phases of creative projects where you meet in that Venn diagram. At the very beginning of something, you're squarely in dreaming. Mm-hmm. Right before you you know, finish something or whatever, you're purely in planning. There's just a sweet spot. And this past weekend, when you and I were blowing up the floor plan on the Airstream and doing it together, I I don't know, like, the there's a certain rhythm that you feel, that we feel at least, like, when you and I are planning something where I say, we got to bring those chairs in, and we bring the chairs into the Airstream just as a way to feel it out, and we're sitting there, and we're planning stuff out, and you're like, what if, what if this, what if that? And it's not, it's not perfect, mm-hmm. you know, but that rhythm to me very much has a parallel or whatever to love you know like Mm -hmm. the way that you and i treat each other like a parallel to physical love like the actual rhythm of like all that and so i don't know i think sometimes it's luck because we just happen to be working on some stuff and then 
an idea comes up and we chase it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I just, I would love to, that is like one of the things that I know for sure about us. And I, and I, uh, just want to continue to like find a way to get us into that sweet spot. There's definitely a version where there's too much going on. There's definitely a version where we're overloaded and then we don't have the freedom or the time to play and explore in a creative project. But, um, that would, that would just be like, if I had to like gun to my head right now, long-term goals for the next 50 years, like finding a way to, perfect the art of finding that sweet spot all mm-hmm. the time yeah just for us i don't know if that is the same for other people but like that's huge for me yeah and it's also just like a fundamental need for human happiness is being able to hope for something and it's easy now but it gets harder when you get older and i think it's a great muscle for us to flex just being like how can we cre- how can we almost like uh inorganically create this feeling yeah. because it's really yeah. easy to feel that way when you're young but like when we have three kids how can we still create small instances of like creation and projects and hoping for something and it gets harder and harder i think as you get more established and i think we have some really fun like big goals that are going to take a while to to reach and i think that that excites me and just making sure that we're keeping an eye on that being like, okay how are we how are we always ensuring that we have something to hope for and something to work for together and it has to have the right level of stakes too you mm-hmm. know which is difficult and i think that's maybe why it gets i just hard. ran through so many scenarios of like the stakes are too high <laughs> yeah, exactly. there's definitely fire in the just like a moat with sharks in it or yeah, something yeah. where all of a sudden we're like maybe we shouldn't have done that with a baby but i wonder if that's why it gets harder as you get older because uh the things that you're supposed to be dreaming and planning about are just like really fucking real you know yeah and post-wedding i think we both felt that a little bit which is maybe why we then dove headfirst into a bunch of creative projects right but because we were like oh my god we hit this life milestone and now we don't have that thing to plan and dream about i hate weddings i fucking hate weddings for that yeah anyways anyway that's all okay that's mine oh my lesson um i don't know i think it has something to do with the electrical i don't think it's anything profound but like i guess this is silly but you can learn a lot and that can be enough that sounds stupid but like when you when you figured it out and the light went on it was like oh it actually works to learn a lot about something i think i had something in my head of well you can read all you want but at the end of the day it's not that simple and it actually is as simple as learning about a topic to start to understand it and i don't that that isn't coming off as eloquently as i'd like for it to but you know what i mean it's like it was a big lesson like for me I've talked about us wanting to have a farm in Virginia. And I think an example would be, I've always kind of been like, it'd be really fun to have a few horses, but we have no idea how to take care of horses. We could never, I mean, you can't, that's a barrier we can't reach. The the ship has sailed. We didn't horseback ride as kids, Yeah. but actually maybe someday I could, maybe I could like horseback ride and learn a lot about horses and like get a horse or two and like have them spend their retirement on our farm or something. Which is a function of a broken capitalist society. Yeah. I'm serious. That's a good point. Because we've been brought up with the 10,000 hours thing. Right. You're never going to be the Beatles. Right. Unless you come out of the womb playing a guitar. Right. Exactly. Like, like uh, the ship has sailed. I, I haven't learned enough about that by now. And so the mountain is too high. I'll never have enough information to take care of a horse. Done. As opposed to, I really want us to have a horse or two. Like, let's take some retired horses and, like, let them spend their golden years. And, like, I don't know. So, yeah. So you have very much inspired me with that in, in a million different ways. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me happy. Cool. Fiend. Bye, bitch. Whoa. <laughs> oh my God. I think I love you.
וגלה. 